Hi, welcome back to the Waistline Podcast, the podcast for people who want to lose weight, are losing weight, have lost weight, gained weight, say the word weight, think about weight, anything to do with weight. How many times can I say weight? At least one more time. It's about weight. Thank you so much for joining the Waistline Podcast. My name is Lee Syatt. I am your host. Thank you for listening and watching. It's great to have you. I'm so excited about I really we have a great episode this week. And honestly, I've really enjoyed every episode we've had. Thank you for the talk, uh, the comments about Mike last week. We're growing. We're getting bigger. We're getting skinnier, but the podcast is getting bigger. So thank you so much for that. I do want to just start off very quickly. I had a very excited. If you listened to last week's episode, I was um, I don't want to say down, but I was a little frustrated because it it seemed like I was assuming that I would at best maintain from the previous week weight wise. Um, if not even gain weight, because I, I went a little bit of ham, as they say, uh, for my birthday, and I ate a little bit too much, but somehow, some way, and it's actually pretty exciting, um, I lost uh, 1.2 pounds last week, so I'm down a total of 106.6 pounds, we'll see what happens this week, but the reason why it was exciting, and I, I talk a little bit about it in this episode, is I... I was able to see that when I'm in maintenance mode or even when I'm not in maintenance mode, but as long as I, as long as you stick to the plan, the majority of the time, the weight will go up and down throughout the week. But on, on a long-term scale scale, you'll lose weight. You'll, you'll at least you'll do fine. So especially when I'm in maintenance mode, and I'm able to eat a few more calories than I'm eating now while I'm in losing mode. It uh, it was uh, it was encouraging to me because something that I worry about, and I think a lot of us probably worry about when you're losing weight, is okay. I'm being strict now. I'm being very good, but what's going to happen when I start being a little bit less? Uh, strict because it's happened to me every time I've lost weight a bunch losing weight was never the problem ah I guess that's not entirely true I have hit plateaus and got sick of it but the problem has always been I guess at that point where I get sick of it and I start you know you go from counting calories and something I'm doing right now and I need to be um accountable to you and to myself Something that I, I need to be better about is continually uh, logging and counting the calories that I'm eating. The problem that I'm having right now is I I pretty much know what my calories are. Because I have fairly similar things throughout the week. The one on Tuesday nights, the night this comes out, I have a little bit of a treat. And then the rest of the week... To varying degrees, I'm I'm good, and then, um, and then Sunday through Tuesday, I or Sunday and Monday, I, I get pretty strict. Um, I I've noticed over the last month or so that I'm just I'm I'm not being as strict about actually logging the calories. And it's because I'm like, oh, well, I know how much this is. And I know that I'm okay here. Um, but I, I have noticed the weight loss slowing down a little bit. And I, I don't want to get complacent. So I'm going to to make a, a much stronger effort to log every single meal. No matter if I've had that meal a hundred times. Like, like tonight, Monday night, the night I'm recording this. I have my tuna meal. I have had it. For months, every Monday, I don't know if it's been every Monday since I started, but it's been I for the majority of like the past year, I've had tuna every Monday night, and so I roughly know okay, the cans of tuna are two hundred forty calories total. The uh, the mayo has I think twenty five or thirty calories per tablespoon. My salad, I put the same thing in my salad every night. And I always, I do overestimate my calories. 
but I, I, I think the next step might be getting a food scale and really understanding and, and knowing for a fact how much I'm, I'm putting into my body. So that, that is something that I'm, I'm really focused on uh, this week and I'm going to continue because I, I'm hoping, let's see here, I'm hoping by next week's episode I'll be down, I guess it won't be, it'll be by next week but it'll be in the episode in two weeks that I'll be 110 pounds down. Uh, I'm at 106.6 right now. We'll see how much I lose this week if I lose anything. Um, and I think that's fairly reasonable. But I'm, I just want to keep going with the small goals. Obviously, the next big one is I need to lose about another 29, 28 pounds to get under 200. So that'll be pretty exciting when I hit that. But I, I, just, I, I like the small goals to keep myself on track. And I need to keep myself on track because I just started dating someone new. And she's been uh, extremely uh, supportive, is the word I was looking for. Isn't saying, oh, let's go get pizza. She, she's been great about it. But, you, you know, you go out to eat a little bit more. And it's something that I've noticed that, okay, this is something that I have to adjust for. If I'm going to be eating out a little bit more, I need to be a little bit better with my choices. Uh, like we went out to eat uh, on Friday, and it was an Italian place, but it was actually kind of it was nice. The Italian place allowed you to get rice instead of pasta, and I know rice isn't bad for you, but it, it can stick in your stomach a little bit. Um, and I got chicken marsala over rice. The problem with eating out is you're never really sure what they're putting into the sauce. But as far as Italian food goes, it's probably the best option. At least the option that I had. Um, but it, it's it's a work in progress. This isn't I'm going there's going to be weeks I'm knock on wood, have not gained weak weight or uh stayed completely stagnant at all yet. I haven't hit a plateau and I, I know it's eventually going to come. Uh, but I, I'm doing everything that I can to combat that. I, I'd really prefer not to. Um, and that is really related to who we have as a guest this week. I have a, um, a very fun, informative guest this week. His name is Professor Thomas Mueller. And he's a professor in the communications department at Appalachian State University. But he's done a lot of writing about weight loss and about um, how your uh, self-esteem is directly related to how you act and, 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 and how you feel about yourself and how, how you behave in life. And he, uh, he was extre- additionally very fun to talk to because uh, Professor Mueller has lost weight twice in his life. Now it's not as much as uh some of us. He he's lost 40 pounds twice, but that's I I think that a lot of us, especially I'll I'll just put the blame on me. I look at someone who needs to lose 40 pounds. I'm like, "Oh, you, you don't even know what's going on." But I know I know for a fact that there's people who are 4, 5, 6 plus 100 pounds and need to lose 3, 400 pounds. And they look at me, oh, you need to lose 150, 180 pounds. I, I, I wish I was in your shoes. So I, I try not to judge. And it's hard because everyone judges. I, we judge ourselves. We judge others. But I'm trying to be more, I, I, I guess I should say, I'm trying to be more conscious of judging it. So it was uh, wonderful to talk to Professor Mueller. Had a lot of great insights. And I, I really do think, as I said to him, and I, I, I've said on here, countless times the mental aspect of losing weight is by far the biggest for me the the physical aspect of it of working out of choosing the right foods to eat they play a role in it but it's it's sort of like when you know how like you when you have a pet like a dog or a cat or a bird whatever you have um that you feed them pretty much the same things every night and their weight only really fluctuates if 
you don't take them on walks or, or, or you start giving them too many treats or giving them more food. That is, all, you know, that would be boring for an adult. But my point is, we know what we're supposed to eat. There's no one out there who thinks cake is a healthy choice. The problem is, is it's in a very getting back to the self-esteem part. Eating, especially for me, is a very emotional thing. When I'm happy, I want to eat. When I'm excited, when I'm when I'm sad, when I'm angry, there's always a reason to eat. And it, it's my my first uh, instinct is not to go after the 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 apple or the salad. And I I want to learn more about that. So that's why I'm very happy to have Professor Mueller on the show. You can go. Uh, he doesn't have a a Twitter because he's smart, but he does have a website. His website is profprofwriter.com. If you go to amazon.com and put in his his name, his name is, like I said, Thomas Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. He, he's a PhD and he has a master's degree. He's written a, a bunch of books about weight loss. And he, there's even one, I think it's like the skinny book for fighting fat. He's written a book about the psychology of losing weight. So if you're interested, and I, I think you will be, go check him out. Thomas Mueller at profwriter.com and then also on Amazon. And it, it was a great talk, so I'm very excited for you to listen to it. I do want to thank our sponsor for this week. Our sponsor for this week is Dive Bar Nutrition. Do me a favor. Go to divebarnutrition.com. Check out all of their amazing products. And Dive Bar Nutrition makes caffeinated protein bars that help anyone, everyone, you maximize your day. They have great flavors. This one is one of my favorites. It's called Dump Truck Brownie. It's a chocolate brownie flavor. And listen, when you're trying to be healthy, maybe you can't have a brownie. But you can have a Dive Bar Nutrition uh, Dump Truck Brownie bar it only has 220 calories, has 16 grams of protein, and 90 milligrams of caffeine, which is the same amount of caffeine as a cup of coffee. And it's helping me get rid of diet soda because I'm trying to cut down on that. But I, everyone, you, you trust me, if we're all adults here. We need, if you don't have caffeine, someone's going to get hurt. What, who was who that? Was that, well, that was Russell Peters. Someone's going to get hurt real bad. That's, we all need our caffeine. Let's be adults. And the Dive Bar Nutrition bars are a great way to get that. Go to DiveBarNutrition.com and use code Lee to get 25% off of your order. That's 25% off of your order. It's 5% more than they give to anyone else. All of their other deals you'll find are 20% off. Phil and I, Phil really was great and, and offered 5% more to all waistline listeners so go to divebarnutrition.com and use code lee at checkout i can't help you on gift cards clearance items or super size upgrades everything else though and every time you use it not you might say oh lee i already tried the bars and they're delicious can i still use the code yes you can every time you order you're going to get 25 percent off of your order when you go to divebarnutrition.com and use code lee so thank you so much to Dive Bar Nutrition, and thank you to Thomas Mueller, Professor, I'm sorry, Professor, Doctor, Master Thomas Mueller for coming on this week to the Waistline Podcast. But I really uh, enjoyed following your Waistline uh, content, and that I'm sort of passionate about that sort of thing, and I've, I've written about it quite a bit, so I, I'm glad you would like to talk a little bit, and I have some observations too, if that's okay. I would, I would love to. Um, and and do you mind if I ask before we get started how you found it? Oh, just I follow you know probably you know the church from way back when. Okay, you did that. that. That's amazing. I mean, that's I, very funny. Believe me, I you know, and I'm not into all the different content, nor do I have expertise. But I followed it, and then I tracked what you were doing, and then I tracked about you know your content, and then I saw you start building this thread on weight loss. Right. And that, you know, and plus what you've done and, you know, the success you've had, but also some of my observations, you know, and I like to work quite a bit in the psychology of things. Right. And, and you know what? That is honestly one of the main reasons I was excited to get your email because 
I've, I only really, like, with weight loss, it's sort of like you're by yourself. Like, it's not something, like, a lot of people like to talk about, or at least I didn't want to talk about with people. And in doing the waistline, I've, like, it really has reinforced that, like, it's all mental. Like, like there was, and that's it's something I talk about with my brother, who's, I don't know if you follow him on social media. He's huge compared to me. Um, but he's in the uh, fitness expert, and and it's, it's almost, and I didn't. I don't say this to be mean to him, but it's, it's sort of a weird thing that his profession needs to exist because, like, there's no secret. You eat less, and you move a. Like, I'm, I'm, I hate working out, and I'm yeah. doing, I'm doing just, I'm doing, I'm a lot more active than I used to be. Yeah. Like there were days that I would do like under a thousand steps, probably. Um, but now like I'm walking a a few times a week, I'm doing a couple kettlebells, but it's basically the bare minimum of working out. And I, I'm trying, I'm almost trying to prove a point because I think the reason why I started this podcast is there's people who are like, you know, they're maybe 20 pounds overweight, but they've, they've always been active. And I, I come from a type of, I'm a type of person who has always been overweight, doesn't like being active, doesn't like, like, I don't, I like the good, like, it's, like, not last night, for example, it was actually kind of a, it made me feel good in a weird way, I had a comedy show, and I I ended up being out until, like, 1230 at night, I hadn't eaten, because I'm on this OMAD thing, I'm trying to be good on it, and because I had to be out late, the place where I was going to get food was closed, I didn't have anything quick at the house, and old me was would have gone to fast food and destroyed it like like Mm -hmm. three four thousand calories Mm -hmm. and and not to mention probably stopping at 7-eleven for candy and i I was on the phone with my girlfriend on the drive home and i literally she it's it's a newer relationship and it, it was actually kind of a cool thing that she did for like the entire hour ride home i had her going through the mcdonald's and wendy's nutrition calculators and we like i i figured like I was like, okay, well, how many calories are on fries? And I was like, okay, well, I can't get fries. And they're going to be bad anyways because they're going to be cold or stale. And I ended up getting, I went to Wendy's and I got a grilled chicken sandwich with no sauce and a a spicy chicken sandwich with no mayo. And that was Mm -hmm. about 900 calories. And then I I had some chips at home, but that was less the calories than the fries would have been. I had carrot sticks and, and that was it. So I stayed in my calories having fast food. So it was, it was just a, it was, uh, it's cool. And that's what I really want to get into. It's cool to see my mindset change. It's not even changing because I still wanted the fast food, Oh yeah. but at least I, I like, I was like, I didn't like succumb to, to like my like negative thoughts. And I actually, I want to get, we're jumping way ahead. Um, so we're going to get to that in a minute, but I want to introduce my guest this week and it's professor Thomas uh, Mueller Muller. Well, I say Mueller. I think okay, that Thomas Mueller. Thomas Mueller, and um, you're a PhD at App professor at Appalachian State University. Yes. Uh, can you tell me what your PhD is in? Yeah, it's in. Uh, it came out of uh, University of Florida. Okay. And it was the, the you know the uh, the College of Journalism Communication, and uh, my dissertation was on the individual versus team sport experience. So and what, once again, what aspect? Well, just you know, if you take and I'll go, I do have a big fitness background. I'm a prior ultra runner and other things. So I started, I I looked at the solitary being of an ultra runner, you know, what's that experience of sport. And then I did something radically different, a motorsport rally car racing team. Okay. And the components of driver crew people, you know, and what, what is that participation and involvement of sport? So it was just a study and I got in way over my head on that. I will admit it. But okay. you know, for a first time study to work with two major data sets, I learned a lesson. But just to start comparing, and that was the start of my research, is just what are the perceptions? You know, what are the psychological perceptions of people and in involvement, engagement, and mostly predictor of behavior? You know, what are the certain things that predict how we're going to behave? And I'll try my. I have a uh, cousin who's a professor of, of history at GW, and he all he does is write dissertations and these huge books that could kill a person if you hit them with it. So I, I hate to ask you to summarize your findings for a dissertation, but 
what roughly were your findings? Well, I think in the simplest sense, and, and thank you for saying that, because academic research is, you know, difficult to make practical at times. Right. Uh, I just just got a paper published on cancel culture in the Social Science Journal, which sort of depicts how people think through wanting to cancel somebody. Okay. But back to the case of the other, I think it's all interrelated to the team. The team experience, you know, if one person has a real high involvement, another has a low involvement, that's a different experience, right? A crew member who is pours gas in the car maybe have real heightened involvement, but the driver's having a terrible day. So they're feeding off their own negative, right? So it's a mix, but the, the solitary individual is really about their own involvement and their own engagement in that experience. You know, in ultra runners, you'd be out there for 30 hours. Wow. So it's it's the solitary experience. And again, I want to go back to something you spoke about interacting with your girlfriend on that food, but just what you just, you explained to me in a second ago about choosing that meal. Look at the consciousness that went into that. Yeah. Look at the no conscious. And I'm the same way, man. I've been up and down. I've had two major 40 pound weight loss projects in my life. Where, where I used to just run through, we have this big chain called Dollar General. Down okay. South. Oh, yeah. And I, I run through there and say, man, hit up the M&Ms, hit up the chocolates. You know, it became this mindless, right? Not mindful, but it's this mindless pattern. And look at what you were saying. Whoa, a lot of red flags. I've got to think this through. And you put a lot of consciousness into it. Right. So that's sort of my whole premise about weight loss is there's no magic in it, but I'd be glad to talk more about just what our consciousness is and how we have to, what I call it more now than ever. And I've, I'm really sticking to this. It's original thought, not the collective voice. And I did watch the podcast with you and your brother. And, you know, there's a little polarization there. Oh, we're completely and, different and people. I believe yeah. he, I, I'm glad he's successful. That, that's great. And it serves a lot of people, but that sort of represents the industry, multi-billion dollar, but so much of it's successful because no one is successful. Right. There's such a small what do you, I'm get, I don't know this fact, so I don't make things up. But let's say there's the universe of people that hit it up with a trainer. How many of those people are still where they're supposed to be a year later, six months later? Ten percent. Right? right. So the thing is, this consciousness you're creating. And that's what I write about a lot with this fitness and diet is is your original thought. And in my mind, that's the only way to go long term is to constantly be vetting your own thought. And, and can you uh, expand on that? What do you mean original? When you say original thought, do you mean it has to be like something that yeah. you're ready for it? or Well, just that you come to terms with what you believe out of your own level of reasoning. Okay, like for I just thought of this. I was mowing the lawn this morning before this, and I thought one thing that's really, you know, all corporations are bad. I hear this from students sometimes. So I'm thinking, oh, let's operationalize that. There's limited liability corporations. A lot of time, those are, are self-employed people. They're, they're self right there, but they operate under an LLC. There's 501c3s. Those are nonprofits. Right. They help people, right? There's S Corps, and then there's the big C Corps. But to, to you know, the collective thought, all corporations are bad. Well, let me step, let's think, let me think about that, right? So I'm trying to create my original thought on what a corporation is, good and bad, so that I could express that to someone else. And then I think I finally believe here's what I believe about right. it. Okay. Does that make sense? So I, it's sort of like this unpacking and vetting and testing, because unless you found your way to that solution, I don't believe it's ever going to stick. That's my opinion. I I, I believe I, I agree with what you're saying, and it's I think it's to to relate it to to weight loss. It's a tough thing because I I have a, a lot of friends and family who were very nervous for me, and hearts were in the right place trying to get me to lose weight, but. The thing with losing weight, even if it's not a friend, even if it's a coworker, whatever, everyone has a, a different point of view. And this is how you got to do it, and yes. every other way is the worst way to do it. And every other time, like I've tried Juice Fast, Atkins, Nutrisystem, I've tried everything, and a lot of people don't like the way I'm doing it now. They don't like that I'm having one meal a day, and I can understand that, but. Every other time that I did it a way that I was like fighting against the way I, I like to live, it didn't, it just didn't work. It didn't like I, th I've been doing it for almost eight months and this is the first time 
where and it, the, the weight loss has gone up and down, but I haven't hit a pla- a single plateau yet. I haven't mm-hmm. I I haven't stalled and I I I'm attributing that to two things. One is the 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 group of people I have on my Patreon and the listeners here that I feel um like I'd be letting down if I if I went and went to McDonald's and ate and gained two pounds that week. That's definitely part of it. But the other part of it is it's not. I was looking for. I was kind of waiting for myself to be like I'm. I, I hate all this food. I, I want to like I want to get in great shape, and I I finally I'm I'm kind of starting to realize that I like f- food that's bad for me. I'm not much of a drinker, but I love. Uh, fast food i love junk food and left to my own devices if i could if i was gonna if there's gonna be like an eternal lockdown we could never leave the house again i would be a thousand pounds who would care but um i'm in my early 30s now and i'm finally starting to realize i kind of have to be a little bit more responsible and that that food's always going to be there and i can have when i once i get down to where i want to be i can have a little bit more of it like this this episode's going to come out on tuesday and i last week i spoke a lot about how i thought i was going to gain a little bit of weight this yeah. week yeah. because i for my birthday i went a little bit crazy and i actually ended up losing a, a 1.2 pounds which is low on a normal week that would be kind of upsetting um that's a, and i know some people are like oh that's a that's a good amount to lose right. it, it is right. but not to, I, I like to lose at least two to three um but what it really showed me was that even though there were like probably three-ish days at least that I wasn't really great on my diet, the fact that I stuck with it and was good with it for the rest of the week, mm-hmm. I could still lose weight. So it showed me like that I can still – because I, I think with the other diets that I've had, every meal small. Every meal I'm trying to eat the boiled mm-hmm. chicken and the broccoli and it just – it it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I – what I'm very interested to talk to you about, because about with the the mental aspect is, I was I was looking uh, into you you uh, earlier, and I found on on your LinkedIn you have a paper about self esteem and and how it affects your um like your mental attitude I guess yes. I don't um yeah. and it really connected with me because I I I. I used to have a joke like I I, I don't have self esteem and it's getting better but it's still I'm not I I don't have super high thoughts of myself and I never you talk in and I want you to expand on it but you talk in that paper about how if you have negative self esteem it can lead to like self harm and all that and I I didn't I never got into cutting and all that but you can you can also say gaining a hundred plus pounds a couple times. Uh, is another form of self-harm so i like can you talk more about like self-esteem and how it affects your actions uh it's funny i'm writing that paper right now because that was my hypothesis you know inward dwelling or outward facing self-esteem you know and and, and let's call it low self-esteem the inward dwelling person looks more and more inward and and is, is hateful i don't like what i'm seeing okay and let me stop there. I want to make a real quick comment. When you went back to showing your picture uh, on the podcast of 100 pounds, you know, there, and I want to acknowledge you right, and respect you right here, that there, there's a lot of pain, a lot of pain in you, you know, almost the self-shaming, looking, mm-hmm. looking back at that picture, right? And, and, and it, you know, in the last book I wrote on, on diet, it was called, you know, A Skinny Book for Fighting Fat. It's out on Kindle. Okay. And it's a, it's a quick, I call it skinny because it's fast. You know, okay. so many books are so fat and you read them, you go, I can't take this. This is bang, bang, bang. But, you know, I thought in there, there's this thing I love pe- telling people. And I want to tell this to you when you think about this and you may or may not perceive this, but self-esteem related, I am fat is wrong. You're not fat. That's not, I have fat. Right. I have fat. There's this alien thing that's in my body, remember? And then there's visceral fat that's in around our organs. I like to picture this as an alien thing. We made. We don't want it there, but it's not our identity, you know, mm-hmm. versus owning I am fat. Don't, don't ever own the fat. You know, it's just something we've got to deal with. So it's that psychological disassociation with that identity. And I, I can, I'm not saying that's you, but I can tell looking back, you still are, still are connected to the former you. 
Oh, yeah. It, it was the majority, vast majority of my life. I've been yes. significantly overweight. Right. But just, you know, again, respect and, and acknowledgement of that pain and, and to tell you that you're not fat, you're not. It's something, it's, it's this thing that's become on you, almost like a big fat coat you want to take off. But right. that's what it is. And it's not you. So that's the inward dwelling, you know, how you how you sort of perceive yourself and then outward dwelling with low self-esteem. I think that's people that lash out at others, mm -hmm. you know, those darn keto people. And, you know, why just anything that lashes out at the other, you know, that's mm -hmm. that's a compensation trying to tr build yourself up to something better, trying to bring down others, you know, but it's it's sort of this communicating out where I see you looking at the former self and there's almost this negotiation going on between who you are now, a hundred pounds, a hundred pounds lighter, you know, so much accomplishment, but yet, man, I can't let go of that identity. Right. Does that uh, make sense? So yeah, that's the inward dwelling. Outward I, facing. I'm, I'm a hundred percent inward dwelling. That's, that's, mm -hmm. uh, it's that, that described me to a T and, and like why in your, like, how are you doing this research? How how are you coming up uh, like with the uh, um with these hypotheses and like proving how these this affects people? Yeah, the paper we did. I do these all with my research classes. You know, I teach research and we we do it together. And then the students and I pull the data and and practice. And then I write papers afterwards. But we we did first of all we do interviews with people like focus groups. But we do them one on one. The students do them, and we try to collect themes of, uh, you know, self-esteem in this case. And then we put those themes as statements in, in the survey, you know, okay. and that's how we measure that and get data. But man, we interviewed people right during the heart of the pandemic lockdown. So I'm calling this sort of the pandemic paper, you know, modern self-esteem. And it's amazing to me how many people are reflecting on how they're perceived by others. Mm -hmm. You know, I am a, one person said this and it's a measure. I am a monster when I compare myself to other people, you know, wow. I'm afraid to let people know the real me because I'm afraid to leave me. Do, do you see the kind of things that are happening here? It's like your people are terrified to let their express. So that's more crazy inward dwelling, you know, and then we measure that against things like introversion, extroversion, right. narcissism. And in one, not to get into a lot of uh, statistics, but one logistic regression was, you know, I am comfortable in society as it exists today. The number one predictor of that, 40% more likely to drive that is narcissism in this study. Can you so, explain that a little bit more? As we, it, at least by the statistics over introversion, extroversion, narcissism, narcissism drives people being comfortable in the society we're living in right now. So okay. a narcissistic person, one that sort of thinks, wow, I'm, you know, I'm somebody, right. They think highly of themselves. They do better in society today as it exists. Right. Right. Even, right. Even introvert, extrovert. It was weird. Those didn't test as, as real predictors of being comfortable in society. That's in, and, and when you say narcissism, is that necessarily a bad thing? Evidently not. You know, sometimes you wonder if that leads, if it's more, it, you never want to be a narcissist because that sort of puts you in above, but it's almost, is that part of healthy self-esteem or is society so messed up right now, uh, pandemic and other, that we, we have to be a little bit narcissistic to survive. Right. Because when you hear the word narcissist, you like, you think like a serial killer, like a really terrible person. Yeah. But yeah. but the I like no one's just one thing. So like I think like is there like maybe like a level of narcissism that's healthy? Yeah, I mean it's all measured on a scale. And you know, if you look at the the the, the measures inside that narcissism that we used in the survey, you know, a lot of it is really like putting yourself ahead of others a little bit. Right. Um, maybe you really don't care that much about other people's problems. That, right. that might be narcissism. So it's, I don't think it has to be this super evil murdering person, but yet it's somebody who does think a little bit ahead of them about themselves ahead of others, possibly. Well, that's that's on, I think one of the biggest things I keep seeing online these days is and I'm not great at it, but like 
not that you can't care about what people think and say, but you do have to sort of, I think they call it like self-care. Like you can't, mm-hmm. like you can't obsess about, and something I struggle with is, is, uh, oh, is this person going to be mad at me or, or I have to do this because they, they're, they're not going to like if I do that. Right, and right, right. I think, I wish I had a little bit more narcissism in a weird way. Yep. Well, again, you know, I haven't even really touched on healthy self-esteem. And, you know, that's how these studies are. There's so many components. But in the end, this was an exploratory look at what are some of the predictors of inward dwelling or outward facing, you know, self-esteem. And that's I'm still writing it. I'm working on that right now. But uh, I like it. I like data. I'm not saying data has all the answers, but it does. By the way, I want to make sure I said this, you know, there's a a couple of researchers, and I believe it was Donald Shaw and Max McCombs, 1972, I believe, created a theory called um, framing an agenda setting. And bottom line, the essence of that was, we, we don't tell people what to think, but we tell them what to think about. Right. Okay. So I'm not even, that's sort of me. I mean, in my weight loss planning, trying to suggest things, I don't want to tell you what to do. But I would like to give you some ideas of things to think about that might help you build the psychology you need to be successful. And what? So can you uh, get into that? How? Because I know I know you said you lost forty pounds in your email. You said once, but now I guess twice. Twice. So uh, are you you are you doing something um, unique when you're losing weight? Like uh, like you said, weight loss planning. Like what? How are you doing it? Um. By the way, let me. The good good point. One is you mentioned I'm not much of an exerciser. So what? You know why? Because as I get older. By the way, I'm 64. You know. Wow, I'm, you don't I'm, look it. I'm cranking at 64, so maybe I can tell you. Hopefully, uh, my programs work a little bit because I'm on the long view. But I, I'm 64, and you know what I think about as we go through all this is like what you did. You're very conscious of calories. Okay. And it's not a perfect science, but you know, I use a little app on my phone. You can choose many, they're free. And I don't think I missed a day in years and years and years, not perfect, but that's my psychology. You know, I need to own my calories, you know, and if I'm over and had a bad day, I need to look, I need, I need to see that. Right. You know, so I, it's that auto feedback for one thing on calories. Right. And the other thing is, because I'm older, my metabolism is going so low, any weight I lose is going to be 90% the food. Now, in my young, okay, even for you, you could exercise in your 30s. And back, by the way, when I was a younger man, I did, I I was on the bicycle four or five hours at a time. You know, I've run 100 mile races. I had huge base. Then, yes, I can crank off a ton of calories and lose weight. Now I walk, I ride bikes some, um, every morning, something I used to listen to the news, but it was too unsettling. So, you know, I'm going through this other huge issue in my mind with my faith and Christianity. And I wrote on that recently too. same thing, original thought, but I listened to this one year audio Bible, Bible podcast, and I do light strength training and yoga for my bad back. But I have these patterns, in, but I'm saying I need that for health but that's not getting the weight off, you know? So what I've done is usually when I'm cutting, who is the young 17 year old you had on Mike? Yes. Yep. Hit me. Boom. 1500 to 2000 a day for a young guy. That's really low. You know, if, so if I'm cutting weight, I'm around 2000 calories a day. Okay. You know, and then I'm doing whatever little exercise base. Now I'm eating up around three. The hardest thing for me, and I want to get back to these psychology and I call it demons or trigger points are like these days you want to eat for a birthday right? or, you know, when I fall off, but my hardest point was losing when I was on that path. I was so good. But when it was time to try to start maintaining weight, man, I can get off the rails Yeah, because all of a sudden I'm not tight. You know, I'm trying, well, I need to eat a little more now, you know, I need to eat a little more. And the demon is always there. I'm sorry, maybe for not everybody, but you mentioned it earlier, that demon to fall back in to eating the whole pizza, as you call it, is always there. Oh, so it's I'm, always I, there for me, too. Right? I completely that, relate. Boom. You know, first 40 pound loss was long 1983. I just was way out of shape, too much alcohol, et cetera. And I just did. I remember I did that on baked potatoes and lean cuisine. Didn't okay. have any, no knowledge back then, but I cut it. 
And then this last time was the virus. I was isolated in psychology. You know, I got lonely. I was isolated. I live alone. And I got in red wine, right? And, you know, my big my big uh, demon is dry roasted peanuts. Oh, peanuts are great. Dry roasted, eating dry roasted peanuts mindlessly mm-hmm. is my closest step to heaven. I love that. But the calories, you know, and all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I talk about a set point around 165 for me and I'm six foot. That's wow, pretty that's, lean. I'm pretty, yeah. I'm five, 6% body fat. I'm pretty lean. I went right back up to 2003 this last time. Oh, do you mean, what do you mean? I'm sorry. 203. Two, uh, 203. Okay, I was going to say, that you're really big. Wow, you lost a lot more than 40 pounds. I was thinking of a date. But no, I went from about 165 to 203. And how long? Oh, six months, seven months. Wow, yeah. You know, this I fell apart. I was isolated, and I, fe- I was feeling sorry for myself and lonely. And, and I just, you know, I lost, and the demon came back, right? And so then I had to start over. And this was into last summer, going up to the turn of the new year. And I guess it took me eight, nine months to get that 40 back off. Wow. You know, so. And and how did you do it? Pretty much. I I eat a lot of the same things every day, you know, and again, I write about this in my skinny book for fighting fat. It's easy when you're easier alone because you don't have the family dynamics. Mm -hmm. You know, I hear people, man, I'm trying so hard, but my wife's putting lasagna on the table and the rest of the family's having steak and French fries, right? I eat, I'm alone. So I eat a lot of, you know, a lot of, I like like basic cereals, like, you know, Cheerios and and Mm -hmm. oatmeal. And, you know, I eat um, fruit, a lot of fruit. Um, I should tell you that it's my choice and I don't advocate this or push it. I've been a vegetarian for 20 years. Okay. So 20 years vegetarian. Um, So fruit, uh, you know, I like roasted vegetables. That's my go-to for cutting weight. I make these big pans of roasted vegetables, any assortment with a light glazing of olive oil. Right. That's sort of my base meal for a lot of the meals. So since we're talking a lot about psychology, what was the, what was the thought or reason behind going vegetarian? You know, I was, I had a sports agency back around 2000 and I don't even remember the exact date. And I had a young employee, super guy, just super. And he and his wife were both vegetarian and, and he didn't push it or anything. We just had these office discussions about it. And he, he was a young, I, I looked up to him as a young person at the time and he was healthy and had these, some good ideas behind it. And I just thought, you know, that makes sense to me. It seems to make sense. And I just started And then it became a discipline to me because I thought, you know, every time I make a choice like you did at the restaurant, I've got to make a pretty hard choice. A lot of times there isn't even anything I can eat, barely. And But again, back to psychology, that keeps my consciousness aware of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, you know? Have you had any slips? Have you had like, have you just gone like had a bad day and had a burger? Never. Um, Wow. and I, I hear I eat a little fish, like once in a while, I like a sushi roll. Okay. And I eat a little dairy. And once in a while, I'll have, you know, I love huevo ranchero. You know, okay, I love yeah. having a little, right? So a little bit of egg, a little bit of cheese, and some fish every several months, maybe. But no, that's it. And how do you, I, I, getting back to like original thought and making all these choices and like, 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 like let's do it for you. When you made the choice to to stop having the peanuts and the red wine to lose the 40 pounds did you like ha, did it just for me i feel like it just happens one day yeah i don't feel like it's like i've tried to lose weight and that's usually when it like to relate it to comedy whenever i try to write a joke it usually doesn't work when i just something happens to me that's funny that's when the joke works mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. with with weight like is there a way for someone out there to to make that decision or does it really have to just come from like a weird place inside of you? Well, let me refer back to someone most people have heard of, you know, Lance Armstrong, right? Probably won a lot of tours focusing anger. Mm -hmm. You know, he's had a bad childhood. There's he's written about this in his books, you know, and he's, he's probably one of the best ever at focusing anger. And I think in a healthy sense, I have to get more and more angry about who I'm becoming and, you know, when the in back, remember in those days, it was grocery delivery. 
because mm-hmm. we didn't know if we were going to die in the grocery store from virus. Remember all that? So, you know, I'm having the delivery come and, you know, it's pretty easy to check a couple boxes of red wine and supersized peanuts. And, and I just had to start using that and going, again, not to be negative to myself, but to start focusing that anger back into action. Right. I'm angry. I'm angry at myself. I'm angry at these choices. And then you know it when you blow it and overeat, you've got that sick, bloated feeling. You go, what am I doing? Who am I? Right. So over time, I think I just focus that saying you've got, and I've done it before. I tell myself that a lot. Look, you know how to do this. You've done it before. You've got to focus and get back on track. And how do you relating this back to the the um, self-esteem thing we were talking about I would get mad at myself a lot but it would lead to more yeah oh, I'm never gonna lose the weight how do you switch that into like a motivational as opposed to oh I'm like like just oh yeah I am bad I'm gonna go I'm just gonna get fat and I'll die in five years whatever you know to me I mean there's there's some things that we've talked about in my book I call it trigger warnings remember that you hear about like university you know, there's a, some something triggers you and you know I, one thing is just the behavior each day because I'm not a fan of cheater days for food. You know, you mm. see these diets, cheater days. But remember, we are fragile psychological beings. Yep. We will start immediately rationalizing after a cheater day what might be a little bit leaning back into that behavior. You know, it's most of us have that demon. So cheater days to me are always an opportunity to fall down and fall apart. And I think a lot of the same for me personally comes from, you know, exercise too, you know, and, and by the way, of any form, you know, even if it's, I, I've got, to, I walk three times a day, three miles a time during a lot of that weight loss. Wow. Just, I had to get out of the house because you know what house time is. Yeah. Eating time. Yep. I had, I, sometimes I just, again, a little bit of anger, got up and went out the door. And I, I just did a ton of thinking, you know, then I walk and I listen to podcasts and think, but I'm, again, I'm, I'm trying to build this psychology of what, what's going on here. And maybe that was my best defense. And it's not hard, you know, I'm just walking, right. but I, I had to break my behaviors and sitting around at home, inward dwelling, self-esteem going down, then the food's going to go in the mouth. Right. And, and you know? about and I'm hoping people listen to this far in many years when the pandemic was a, long, a distant memory. But when you were talking about the um, the interviews you were doing about during the pandemic, I, I'm in, I'm wondering how much honestly like this, like virtual working with the cameras played into it because something oh. you mentioned uh, the podcast that I was on earlier, the church, Towards the end of it, I wouldn't even put myself on camera, and a large part of that was because I just didn't like the way I looked. And with Zoom, it's really like it's like right in your face, and like you don't sometimes you don't realize how big you gotten, but it's kind of hard to. Yeah. If you're looking at yourself and your head's too big for the screen, it's like, oh, I really gain. Like, how much do you think that played into into people's self esteem during the pandemic? Um, I wrote about that on LinkedIn just shortly. As you know, frankly, I said I'm watching myself devolve. I'm watching okay. myself get big, you know, as I look in the screen, you know, by the way, we have a lot of students now, you know, I teach a lot online and, you know, that out of 20, you might have 12 with the cameras off. And it used to be, well, get those cameras on. Now we're thinking what's going on there. Do we really need to push people that have the camera on just what you said, self-esteem, the way they look. Um, so I, yeah, yeah. And it, I did so much of that internet you did too with podcasting. I did it with constant meetings and classes. And, you know, clearly that was part of the whole isolation thing that got me into the wine and peanuts. Right. right? And I'm, I'm transparent here. I'm no superhero, you know, I'm doing pretty well for my age, but I fall down on this stuff. And just one quick story. I had, I had ice cream. I, I'm an ice cream addict and I yeah. had ice cream off limits for months. And then I got home here, a bike riding with my brother and my nephew well, there's the local soft serve. Let's stop. And, you know, trigger, trigger. Yeah. I've just had a fight back. You know, I was banging it every day. I got, it didn't take long before I'm banging the ice cream parlor every day, getting in there. That's how quick it happens, you know? So I'm just being transparent that I have the same weaknesses as anybody. And, and do you have any tips for people 
who might have gotten off track or, or are looking to start dieting, like how any like exercises or anything you can like look for, like oh if you, if you have a negative thought, do this, like anything, any mental or yeah. psychological tricks. Well, first I'd back out of every. First of all, and this is painful. Put it in my book is you got and it's going to hurt. But uh, diary all your you know, go back over last the day or two before and write down everything you think you ate. You've heard of this before, and then even keep eating like you are, and write it. Don't not cheat. Write it down, and then total up the calories. Yeah. And you know, then the other big one, you know, this and it shows in your app. It's fat, carbohydrates, and protein. That's you got to decide. Original thought. What do you think is right or wrong for that? But after you see that and own it, and it's painful. To really maybe recognize your five, five, six thousand calories a day is not unusual. You know, if you're in the pizza, hamburger, or whatever yeah. world, start over from zero and start. What am I going to reintroduce? What it's, will I reintroduce? Ground zero to my diet, and then build. And it's, it's, I like it's. I think it's an, an interesting or it's sad what the brain can like you can trick yourself into because i i knew i wasn't eating healthy going to yeah. fast food yeah. i i didn't try i didn't i wasn't that delusional but the thing with like i use my fitness pal i don't know i don't they're not sponsoring i would i would love if they wanted to but um it's like even something that i fell into for a couple months with this is i would still log in almost every day but it it it, it got i got to the point of my diet where I pretty much know what my meals are. I know what I can have roughly, but that led to me not really putting it in. And when you do start, when you're really, when I'm really good about logging everything, it is surprising how many calories are in peanut butter or peanuts. Like they, like they, they tell you peanuts are good for you and and, and you have a handful of peanuts and that's 150, 200 calories. And it, it's hard to to like really unless you really see it. It's hard to like put it in your brain that you are really eating that much. Yeah, and you don't want to own it. And the worst danger in the world. And again, we know calories. Thirty five hundred calories is roughly a pound. Not perfect, but if you continue to own calories and put it in your app, you can't run away from it. And you know, I could bang out a jar of peanuts, no problem. Oh every yeah, night, right. So, I mean, this is how it goes and you just can't do that if you're going to be trying to lose weight or work on your project of health. Um, so, so that's it. And then the other thing I think about, I'd like to add in, and a lot of this to me, I believe it's momentum. A lot of this, even putting in the app, it's that same action again and again and again, because all these actions reinforce your psychology of good behavior. Right. Okay. And I, I put in my books, I've all said this, I have for you and your brother probably get mad at me right now. I have the best, the best fitness program ever created in the world. Okay. And I can sell that to you every day, all day long. And you know what it is? It's the one you keep doing. That's all it is. It's the <laughs> one. I don't care how meager it is. And I always tell people set what you would believe to be the minimum every day. And that may be for you walk. Maybe I want to walk 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day. That's a real reasonable, maybe for you. And you know what? Don't ever miss it. Yep. Don't ever miss it. That, that's and it's fine, the though. momentum. It's the momentum of things. And people go, well, that's not enough for a trainer. You know, I use resistance bands or I want to make one pitch here. They're not sponsoring me. I have a total gym at home, which I bought for $50. Remember Chuck Norris? The okay. Total? Yeah. I have one for $50 I bought used. I put all kinds of replacement parts on it. In my mind for the, for, and I've got a, I got a, uh, my, my YouTube channel is Prof Writer. I've got an old video on there on my circuit for 20 minutes a day. It's great. And it really makes me pretty toned and fit. Now people say that's not enough and you're not doing big reps or, but I'm doing it every day for years. Right. And so yeah. that's all I'm saying on that. Oh no, I, I think I think you're right, and, and just to uh, piggyback on the momentum thing, something that because I, I think a lot of people, I'm I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups about weight loss, and I don't post that much, but I do I I key, I look at it, and a lot of people try like they jump in to like I like I said earlier like the really intense, very strict diets, and I for me something that and it, it's the momentum worked for me like when I first started on this diet. I was just counting calories, but I would still have, um, I like I went to 
fast food a couple times, but like I would get grilled chicken sandwiches, and then I would make sandwiches at home, mm-hmm. and I can still have bread. And I had I had bread two nights ago. I had hot dogs, mm-hmm. but the the momentum for me is, and it goes ties directly into the the recording your calories. I start realizing, oh, I could eat more and be more full if I switch from bread to I don't know wraps or like just yeah. like making little small changes and like now eight months later if I had tried to jump into like my my every Monday I have I weigh in on Tuesday so every Monday I have tuna and I put it on rice cakes when I first started I was having tuna sandwiches mm-hmm. and then I was I was eating tuna with chips and now it's on if I had just started with the rice cakes I would have hated it but now like now the momentum and i see that right. oh i get to have more and it's less calories and i lose more weight it's like that for me mom, that momentum for me has been very helpful that you don't mm-hmm. have to like as long as you just start with something you'll slowly start making those those changes and you'll you know, like it'll it'll move you it'll let you do this for longer in my right opinion. and think you're so conscious i can hear it in what you do what the value in calories is, is a product. Now there's one, there's calories and then there's the quality of those calories, right? Right, right, So, but we, again, with repetition, you're just, you know, and if you eat a lot of the same things, you're going to know if you're good or bad, Mm -hmm. right? Like before we got on, I was eating these little bag. I love this stuff, dried fruit, dried fruit, but it's seven. Now a lot of people would say, well, that's not exactly a terrible thing to eat, but this is 700 calories a bag. Versus that's seven big pieces of fruit if I would just eat bananas or something, right? Right. So it's all about, like you said, what's in it and what's not. And, you know, I wanted back to the um, original thought, you know, I I follow one individual, not anymore, but I know he's built a whole business and industry for himself around no sugar, no grain, no sugar, no. And sugar is a terrible, terrible, evil product. Many believe that. There's another person I follow that's massive. He pours cups of sugar in his smoothies. And just rants about how you've got to put all the sugar in your body. And he's arguably pretty darn fit and thin. Fruitarians tell you you should eat 40 bananas a day. So all I'm saying, or protein. Protein manufacturer will tell you a lot of times a gram of protein per pound of weight. So they want you, you know, taking a couple hundred grams a day. Right. Vegan will tell you protein's way overrated. You'll get plenty (laughs) in beans. They may be at a few 15, 20 grams a day. So- whatever you want to track, but think it through and then say, look, here's where I fall in on this. You know, here's, here's what I want, because in my mind, anything you buy onto a lot of my worst decisions in life, and I don't blame anybody. It's because I didn't rationalize it and reason it myself. I just, I mean, that's one of my frankly religion problems that I'm deconstructing now and writing about is that I didn't do it through original thought. Right. So, it works in everything. That's you know I'd promote it for every part of life. Yeah, I, th- I think that original thought is, is a, a great um, way to put it, and a great thing to just you can't do things for other people, and you can't do things the way they want. You have to do what works for you. Um, mm-hmm. But Professor, mm-hmm. you, this has been I really appreciate you reaching out. This has been an amazing call, and I'd love to have you on again. Uh, where can people find your books and and your writing? Yeah, well, let me, the, the books are on Amazon. I've got, let me just, if you don't mind, let me run them through. The, I'd the, love to, yeah, yeah. Okay, the, the book I just recently wrote on Christianity is called Rebooting Jesus, The Free okay. Thinker's Guide to Christianity. That's Amazon. I also have Mind Over Diet, Psychology, Food, Fitness, and the Art of Self-Negotiation. That was my original, more detailed book on this. Right. Recently, I wrote just a short Kindle book. Again, I mentioned that, A Skinny Book for Fighting Fat. Okay. Then one more book. I really, I'm not a fiction writer, but I did write one uh, a piece of fiction. Uh, I believe it's Faith, Forgiveness, Feeling Free from Food. And okay. it's a story about our food addictions as an illicit love affair. Oh, boy. How we want to get out, but we can't. We keep going back to that lover. We know there's it's dangerous and not good for us, but we return to it. So I wrote this fictional story about an individual who... And hopefully there's a saving redemptive point at the end. Well, that I'll definitely check all those out. And, and um, the, your name will be in the description, but it's Thomas and M-U-E-L-L-E-R. 
Right. Uh, look for that on Amazon. Do you have social media accounts? Well, I do LinkedIn. My mind, Thomas Mueller on LinkedIn. And then okay. I have a YouTube channel and it's Prof Writer, two words, P-R-O-F-W-R-I-T-E-R, Prof Writer. And there's some, it's sort of a mix of academics, but there's some fitness things in some of my mountain biking videos and stuff in there too. So Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. I'd, I'd like it. And I want to thank you again and commend you for what you're doing on this journey and tremendous work. I, I really mean that tremendous work on uh, on your progress. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much to Professor Mueller for coming on this week. Please go check out his website, www.youknewthatpart.profwriter.com. Check out all of his books on Amazon and just say hi. Tell him you heard him on the Wasteland Podcast. It was amazing to talk to him. Very smart person, gentleman, and a scholar, and an author great guy. I loved having him on and thank you for listening. Uh, I love that I get to share my weight loss journey with you and that I get and you get to share it with me. And by the way, I'm uh, probably this is, what, this is what August 3rd when this comes out, probably the end of this month, early September, I'm going to start doing some more uh, interviews, uh, listener interviews. So please email me wastelinepodcast at gmail.com that's wastelinepodcast at gmail.com I would love to talk to you no matter where you are in the weight loss journey I'd love to have you on so please email me and be on the lookout in the next two to four weeks I'll be putting out an email and request for some more listener calls I love all of you and thank you so much for listening to the Wasteline Podcast very quickly don't forget Go to DiveBarNutrition.com and use code LEE to get 25% off of your order. That's DiveBarNutrition.com and use code LEE to get 25% off of your order. My name is Lee Syatt. This has been the Wasteline Podcast, and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye, guys.